just a little bit too much about pop culture. Welcome to your weekly meeting of Pop Culture Fanatics Anonymous. We continue our Barbie series by covering now Barbie and the myth of perfection. Barbie is quite the contentious doll. I mean, to one group of people, she is the representation of female empowerment. She is the quintessential girl boss. And then another, she's the opposite. And ultimately, both are kind of true. This week, we're diving into the good, the bad, and the complicated of Barbie, and we seek to attempt to dissect our perception of her. So, if that sounds good to you, let's get started. So, obviously, if I'm choosing to spend an entire month talking about Barbie. I have a very clear and very prominent bias towards her, right? Like I, you guys know that I, I, I quite love her. Um, so I do want to address my bias, uh, coming, coming forward in this episode, but I do hope that I can, um, attempt as best as I can to, to be objective about her, because I think Barbie, like the, the release of the movie, um, which at the time of this recording, I just got back from LA from the world premiere Barbie. Um, I'm going to make an episode talking all about that, but I just want to share that little tidbit with you guys because it was the highlight of my life. Um, but anyways, but the, the release of the movie has really, I think, conjured up, um, I guess discussions or thoughts of Barbie beyond just the, the doll really attempting to, uh, speak about the ideology of Barbie and just kind of the everything that surrounds her. And I think for a long time, there was this kind of, I don't know, prevailing notion of, of Barbie either, you know, in defense of, or in opposition of, like I was talking to a friend, I really enjoyed it. But I was talking about, we were talking about how, like, basically with Barbie, it's kind of like, she's this, she's such a polarizing figure that I don't think you'll really be convinced one way or the other. Like, everyone has these pretty predetermined notions of who Barbie is. And so you're really not going to be convinced, like, you know, to hate her or love her if you're on either side of the fence, if that makes sense. Um, but I do think that there's a lot of really interesting theory, um, around her, unassumingly so. Um, I think there's, <laughs> there's, uh, on the surface, it doesn't seem like there's all that much to her because she's a doll. Largely speaking, she's a toy. And I think it, it goes far deeper into the whole idea that we don't, toys are pop culture and we still don't, you know, heed a lot of credence to the power of a pop culture, especially in our, in our everyday lives. But I'll get to that a little bit later. So I want to start off with, with a good, I do think that a big thing with Barbie and a big thing to remember is that it's a time period in which she was created. So in a lot of ways, society has, has, you know, come far, um, as from 1959, which was the year that Barbie was, you know, first introduced to the world. So there was, uh, I think a good intention behind creating her. So if you listen to the last episode, you'll know that Ruth Handler, 
uh, saw that there was kind of this like uh, lack of dolls that were of an adult age. Most dolls that were on the market and being played with by a lot of American children were baby dolls. And so, you know, a lot of the, the play and a lot of the type of play that surrounded those dolls was, you know, mainly just nurturing and care and kind of like cosplaying um, motherhood. Again, not a bad thing, but I think it, it kind of limits the uh, imagination of the child playing with that with that baby doll. And so Barbie was created as kind of an aspirational, to be an aspirational figure, so to speak, um, because she was an adult woman. She, you know, had her own house. She had her own car. She had all of these jobs. And it, it's weird to say, but at that time, you know, that was not something that many women had or had the ability to have. Um, there was, this was still the time of, you know, like if you wanted to own a bank account, you needed the permission of a man, like you couldn't have your own credit card, like those types of things. There was a lot of still limitations, um, for women in, in society. And so Barbie being this figure who, you know, kind of was a, a symbol of, uh, liberation and I think freedom in a lot of ways, um, was kind of seen as this radical act, even though we and now in contemporary times may not view it as that. I think in so many of, of the things that we've talked about on this podcast, I always harp on context and context really is key in so many ways. Um, especially temporal context. So like context of time and acknowledgement of where we are in time, what's happening at that time and taking into account those things when we're talking about these different, you know, pop culture figures. Um, because what is pop culture if not a snapshot of, of history? And so I think Barbie marks this turn, um, in, in, in sentiment around women in society, of course, she's not, you know, she wasn't throwing the first stone. She's not leading the charge, but I do think she is indicative of, you know, the times are changing and she was changing with, with the times. And so ultimately I do think by and large, Barbie has at the very least attempted to be this idea of female empowerment and more so just the idea, like I said in the, in the last episode of, of boundless imagination and the idea that, that women can be anything. Um, and you know, Barbie has, has been everything. And I mean, that's the, that's the tagline of the movie. Barbie is everything. Um, you know, and I do think that there is some good that can, that can come from that. Absolutely. I think, you know, a lot of the times, like I said, when we're, we're talking about toys as pieces of pop culture, um, there's a lot more to toys than just them being things to buy for children, right? Like there are so many different, um, fields of study surrounding how children play with toys because that informs cognitive function, that informs emotional behavior, like those things we can really dissect and, um, you know, observe via how a child plays with a toy. And the, 
the, I think, uh, the psychology behind that really is very important. And I think has been very important with the history of Barbies, um, in how kids the world over have chosen to play with her. So like, you know, you have the child who is very, you know, who wants all the accessories and wants all the outfits to dress her Barbie up. And she's kind of using Barbie as again, an aspirational figure, you know, cosplaying what she would like her life to look like. Um, and then there are people, uh, who play with Barbies and cut up their hair and draw on their faces and like rip their clothes off and everything like that. And it's very much an imaginative, um, you know, exercise. She's not, Barbie is not an aspirational figure at that point. Barbie is kind of this tool of, of their imagination. Uh, it's just kind of a vessel for play. And so I think Barbie really does open the door for how we tend to see how, you know, children behave and everything, you know, not just Barbie, but a ton of other toys. But I really think Barbies as many adults that we are able to observe that, that idea, um, in a much more focused type of way. And so I think that's the good that, that comes from, from Barbie. I think having a, uh, a positive female role model, uh, that comes now in all shapes and sizes and colors and abilities is really important. And I think, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, it reminds me when we're talking about Barbie and when I've read different, you know, areas of, of theory surrounding her, it kind of reminds me of a lot of the discourse surrounding things like, um, most recently like She-Hulk and kind of the idea surrounding the use of, of a lot of, uh, feminist sentiment within that show. Um, also the whole, like, uh, kind of like girl power, um, scene in Avengers Endgame where all like all of these female characters who feasibly speaking have never interacted with each other before um, all come together and like fight together and it's like this big thing and everything like that and I, I, understand, I understand both sides of the coin I think Barbie falls in line with this um, conversation as well which are which is this kind of idea of you know like uh, like uh kind of like in like empty feminist gestures or seeming or assumingly empty feminist gestures like sometimes you know when you feel like it's kind of ham-fisted to you in via a, a tv show or a movie or a doll whatever um you may feel like oh like you're you're inclined to roll your eyes but sometimes 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 i like a little feminist lip service just a little bit not a lot because there's more work to be done but just a little bit. And I think sometimes Barbie fits into that, into that mold, you know, the idea, whether it's true, whether it's a myth, whatever, but the idea of, you know, like we can be anything and we can do anything. And we have Barbie who represents that, you know, like that very surface level sometimes can be nice. You know, it's the same thing that I feel every, and I was talking to another friend about this, um, it was really, it was a funny conversation, but it was just very true. It's like every 4th of July, you know, I, if I see some fireworks, if I see, you know, kind of a, a little clip compilation of, you know, America's best moments, usually they're like pop culture moments. So like, you know, the miracle on, on ice or something like that, like set to some really bombastic music. I feel a sense of, of patriotism or like the idea of America 
as seen or as depicted by the Walt Disney Corporation. And what I mean by that is like the Hall of Presidents in Magic Kingdom or like American Adventure and Epcot, like those shows that are just, you know, really just jingoistic American propaganda. But they're presented in a way that you're, you just, you can't help but feel like a little shred of patriotism, just a little bit. Um, that is that, that's what I mean. Like that idea of a very commodified, very well packaged, probably not that real, probably incredibly just not realistic version of either patriotism or in this case of, you know, feminism and everything and female empowerment, um, that Barbie can kind of represent, sometimes I eat it up, you know? Like, I understand the theory and I read and I want to expand my mind and I want to understand nuance and really be able to break things down. But sometimes you kind of just need the the feminism you can go and pick up at the store. You know what I'm saying? Just to get through your day. And I sometimes think that, that that's what Barbie is. And it doesn't mean that she and the, the ideology around her doesn't have depth and is not worth discussion and doesn't have merit. Um, it doesn't mean any of those things. I think it just sometimes it just means when you don't feel like, you know, putting your thinking cap on, sometimes it's just nice to have a figure like that um, who is representative of, of those ideas. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Now, you know, conversely, we have the the bad or what can be perceived as as the negative. And it really is kind of the same point as as the good. You have, you know, this kind of beacon or so she is seen as a beacon of, of feminism, but it's it can be kind of empty, you know, Um you know, I think they're the what Barbie represents, and I think a lot of the criticism, especially that we saw in the early 2000s towards the 2010s, there was this insurmountable amount of of uh, scrutiny that I think Barbie found herself within, and it was again due to these changing these changing times, you know, and it's never a bad thing that we're, we're changing with the times and we're progressing and we're maybe revisiting some things and, you know, dissecting them more and more. I think that's always going to be a good thing, but sometimes we, we can dissect things a bit to, to a fault. And I'll, I'll get to that later, but I do want to, to 
make space and give merit to the, the to the criticisms of Barbie because I, to a, a large degree, I do think that they're valid. Sometimes, you know, they can be very kind of empty gestures of female empowerment. You know, when you start to think of like, okay, what is this really doing realistically? How does this realistically progress women forward? How, how does this help? Um, I think a lot of the conversations around Barbie and body image have a lot of of merit and value. Um, you know, ultimately I think it's kind of this weird amorphous thing as far as, you know, Barbie and, and body image. I think there, there was this, a large, again, a large push in the 2000s and 2010s of like, you know, if a woman had Barbie's, uh, proportion, she wouldn't look right and everything. And like, cause she has these, this very, you know, she's very well endowed, um, in the chest, she's got, you know, this basically non-existent torso and she's got this like bun, just long legs and perfect skin. And she's just flawless. She's a doll. Um, and there was a lot of conversations around like, how does that influence the, the body image, uh, especially of the young women especially playing with Barbie like how does that influence how they see themselves um especially when you're playing with Barbies and you're you're kind of kissing that that line you're towing that line of when your brain begins to make you cognizant of your body in a way that you weren't before um and I feel like I talked a lot about this when I was uh doing the episode around uh you know the the ideology of the teenage girl and the everything that goes with that we reached that moment and i was talking about this tonight with a friend when i was saying that i was going to be doing this episode and i was just talking about how like i remember reaching a moment um in you know my tween slash teen years where i just felt this unbearable amount of sadness and I don't really know what I was sad about, but it just felt like I was overcome with all the emotions of, of not feeling good enough, of not feeling comfortable in my skin, like that, that hotbed of metamorphosis that I talked about that high schools tend to be, it all just kind of hit me at once. Like a, like a fire truck just hit me. Um, and you spend so much, so much of your, your teen years, you know, breaking down and just peeling back and trying to just browbeat yourself. And it was like that, that quote from Alanis Morissette, where she was just like, you know, no one's ever been crueler to me than I've been to myself. And you really, that, it, that moment in your life feels like that, that blown up to, to a 10. You just, you're so cruel to yourself. And it's not until you circle back after that period that you're like, I was so mean to myself and I shouldn't have been. And I let all these outside voices influence what I thought about me. And I think there was, you know, there are so many of these external factors that, that play into that. And I can see very much so how Barbie could be one of those external factors. You know, if you put so much thought and effort into like, oh, I want to, I want to be like Barbie, you know, I want to be flawless like Barbie. I want to have no problems like Barbie. Everyone, and not even just from a body image perspective, just the, the, the personification of Barbie, right? Like she is this, you know, 
seemingly infallible being. She's perfect. She's got, she's got the guy, she's got the house, she's got the car. Um, she's got a ton of friends, you know, everyone loves her. She's, she's seemingly, she's perfect at everything. Um, and when you're at that really formative time in your life, that can be really debilitating if you are playing with these dolls. And then one day you're just kind of hit with this overwhelming sense of not being good enough. And when you're looking at this doll that you're playing with, who is a, a seemingly good at everything and is perfect and flawless, then you begin to, to look inward on yourself and you're just like, oh, that feels icky. I don't like that feeling. And so that's a, that is a, a, a bad part of, of Barbie, you know, whether it is from her directly, whether she, it's how she's presented or manufactured, whatever it is, the the experience of playing with her can beget that feeling, especially at that crucial turning point age, you know, largely speaking, I think there is a lot to be discussed with Barbie as far as, you know, how much theory, how much, um, of these ideals can you place into a figure that is ultimately a symbol of, of capitalism. And we know how intrinsically linked the patriarchy and, and capitalism are. So if you are, are viewing Barbie as this, like the need and this, you know, end all be all of female empowerment and feminism, and, you know, like being a girl boss, you know, how far and how deep can that really go? If ultimately she is a tool of, of capitalism. And especially when Barbie began to really hit her stride, you know, in the eighties, the eighties was this time of hyper consumerism of, you know, of overconsumption to a, a large degree of just excess and opulence and just a lot. And it was capitalism kind of on a 10, you know, and, and Barbie really was reaching her heyday with that. This idea of that you have this doll that, you know, you can play with the doll, but you really want to have the doll. You want to have multiple dolls. In fact, you want to have outfits for each of those dolls and where you're going to put all those dolls. You got to put them in this, you know, like elaborate dream house that has a fucking elevator, you know, like, and a, and a car. And, you know, she's got all these things. She's got pets. She's got everything. And you can have multiple houses because like, she's got to have her dream house, but she's also got to have her beach house. And like, it's a lot it's so much, <laughs> you know, it is, it, she, she is definitely a tool and a symbol for, for capitalism, for overconsumption, uh, for just this idea of being a commodity that, you know, turns out all this money, you know what I mean? Like how, how much feminist theory can you bake into a figure that again is just a tool for, for capitalism especially keeping in mind that capitalism and the patriarchy are intrinsically linked. That is, that's difficult. That's tough. You know, like it's, it's not, it's not as, as, as simple as like, oh, she's just a, a symbol of female empowerment. It's like, yeah, but how deep does that go? You know, like how, how far can we take that? You know what I mean? And so I think ultimately like it, it becomes hard. Um, and this is what I mean by, by, by the complicated, because, Barbie, I think we want her to be so many of these things. Um, and ultimately it just comes down to understanding what she is and what she isn't. Um, and, and that 
changes from from person to person. Like I said in the intro for this episode, like depending on who you talk to, everyone has vastly different perceptions of of this doll. You know, um, it's it speaks you know, largely to the power and influence of Barbie that she can kind of conjure this, uh, this ideal for, for, you know, person to person. Um, she's so well known that everyone can have a lot of these ideas around her and a lot of these ideas around, you know, who she is and who she isn't and what she represents and what she doesn't. Um, but ultimately speaking, like it, it, it creates a, bit of a, a, this is what I'm talking about. This like kind of this myth of, of perfection. Um, because there is this overwhelming, I think, sense of needing for Barbie to be one thing or, or another. And, um, ultimately she's at the end of the day, she's a doll. And in a larger sense, she's just kind of, she's an idea, and ideas are not just one thing because they can be interpreted in so many different ways. And so this is what leads me to the complicated, not even the ugly, just the complicated. I think Barbie, um, especially in the like in, in that 2000s, especially the 2010s with the, the growth of Internet culture and the growth mainly of the sector of Internet content, which I loathe and despise, which is <laughs> this kind of, um, this internet culture that is about taking prominent childhood figures and actually putting this really dark twist on them and being like, Oh, you, you know, now that we're adults, we get this, you know, this, there's a actually creepy and deeper meaning to these things. And it just never, that type of content, I, it, boy, it grinds my gears most of the time because it's nonsense and it's just bad faith media criticism. And really, if I'm being mean and I'm going to be mean, it's just a lack of media literacy. And I hate, I hate to be that person. I hate to be that person. Y'all know I hate to be that person because I have no, a very keen awareness that media literacy is not a, a part of our, our upbringing. As far as schooling goes, it is a big blight we're never formally taught media literacy in this way so i get it but sometimes some of y'all are dumb and i'm not i'm not i'm gonna say it i'm gonna say it some of y'all are stupid and it that form of content sometimes is that it it just is nails on a chalkboard to me it just oh i hate it and so i think from that and if you need a clear-cut example one of the biggest and i you know what I, I was young and dumb on the internet too. Okay. I was on Tumblr and I saw those types of posts and I would reblog and be like, yeah, now that I'm an adult at 13, I get this deeper meaning of this childhood show. And like, actually it was really sinister. Meanwhile, it's about rugrats and there's this just weird internet conspiracy theory that like the Rugrats were a figment of an Angelica's imagination. And like, there were all these really like kind of like gruesome ways that the babies didn't exist. Like, I think they said like Tommy was trigger warning, like a stillborn or something like that. Like, again, stupid, stupid. Who's thinking about that? It's a show about babies, but who's thinking about whatever. Um, 
And so I think around that time, Barbie was experience was going, you know, it was her turn to go through that, that mill. Um, and I think what started out as in large part, very constructive criticism of the doll and the world that surrounds her very quickly turned into this very interesting form of uh, what could be considered kind of pop feminism, where it became kind of cool to just be anti anti Barbie um, for no reason at all, other than she was a, a conventionally attractive doll. And I think there was this prevailing notion that this conventionally attractive doll was ultimately a hindrance to to feminism simply because she was a conventionally attractive doll. I guess there was this idea that she was um she because she benefits to a certain degree from the patriarchy, she was supposed to be kind of left behind and I think that was a big part of a lot of pop feminism of the early 2010s on the internet. Um and I think there was a lot of overlap with the Disney princesses too. There was this overwhelming um idea with the disney princesses of like actually they're they're bad actually um because again it was a lot of bad faith dissections of their characters that ultimately were just media illiteracy um if you just like again like i've said in in those episodes from when i covered it that month if you just watch the movies a lot of these criticisms don't make sense. <laughs> they just, they don't make sense. Like Ariel didn't necessarily fully give up her voice for a man. She wanted to explore the, 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 the life beyond the sea. And Eric was kind of just a part of that. Um, so again, it just, bad faith, bad faith, media literacy, um, that it's, is ultimately the root of this problem. And so I think Barbie experienced quite a bit of that, where it was this idea that she should be left behind because she is this kind of, I guess, representation of conventionally attractive, you know, women. And this isn't to say that there isn't something to be discussed around, you know, you know, these different layers of, of privilege when it comes to interactions with the patriarchy, but ultimately we are still under the patriarchy. That's like kind of the, the, the root cause of it. Right. And so I think that's what begets this really big complication with Barbie because she is this idea. She, she has this ideology around her. She is this kind of, you know, beyond the doll is kind of amorphous idea of, of a woman and of womanhood. And there is no right or wrong answer to that. Um, and I think, you know, and I, I'm saving all my thoughts on the movie for a formal episode, kind of discussing it once the film is out. But like, I think what the movie really does well is capturing that there is no kind of like, there's no solution, you know, and this isn't to say that there, that means that things should stay the same. They should, we should still be progressing forward and moving forward. But I think the movie recontextualizes Barbie to understand that like, she can't only be this, you know, beacon of feminist empowerment, but she also can't only be the thing destroying feminism as a whole. She is both and neither all at the same time. And so ultimately the point and the myth of, of Barbie is, is just that it, it kind of just depends, you know, like the myth of perfection is, is truly that it's a myth. Like 
she is not, you know, all of one thing because it really just depends it on how you look at her. And I think that could be really interesting because you can have some really interesting conversations surrounding her, but also it's becomes a bit tough because if you're talking to someone who has this very made up in their mind idea of Barbie, again, either for or against, you are not going to be able to get through to that person because they have this fixed image of her in their minds and ultimately a fixed image of, of, you know, kind of, uh, different uh, areas of theory surrounding, you know, feminism and the patriarchy and all these different types of things. Um, so ultimately to, to close things out, I think Barbie is an, an, an incredibly interesting figure to look at from a, uh, a kind of a feminist perspective, from a capitalistic perspective, from a pop culture perspective. And she truly does represent the myth of perfection and how like sometimes I think Barbie there is this idea that she she is an extraordinary figure. She's had all these jobs. She's got everything. But sometimes it's just, it's just as simple as a, a girl playing out her, her little fantasies with her Barbie dolls. Like she can be that big, but she can also be really simple too. And I think that's the brilliance of, of the doll and ultimately just the brilliance of of these figures that are ideas more than they're just like a fixed product. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode, Afternooners. If you don't know, the Afternooners is my name for all of us. So if you made it to the end of this episode, congratulations, you're an Afternooner now. If you like this episode, don't forget to rate and review this podcast if you had a good time. It helps out the pod. You get to tell me how you're feeling about the pod. And I get that sweet hit of praise and validation that is my life force and keeps me going. If you want to know where else to find me, you can find me on the internet at the afternoon special on TikTok or Instagram or over on Twitter at hi I'm Bobby H I I M B O B B I and spoiler alert there are some pics of me at the Barbie premiere that happened this past Sunday and I felt like a doll I'm just going to say it I felt like a doll I felt good I looked good I was looking real hot channeling all that Barbie energy it was a lot of fun I'll tell you all about it all about it later in the month once the movie is out so we can dive into all the nitty-gritty details but i will say i had a very very fun time and if you're thinking bobby i need to really dissect all of who barbie is for the next day or so i'm not gonna remember all of that bestie i get it and that has been me for the past all my life so i've put all that information down in the in the description box for you you're welcome I hope you enjoyed this week's Barbie-filled chat and that you'll join me again next week for a less theory-filled but still just as fun pop culture deep dive. Later days, friends. Are you a Marvel fan? Matt, you know I am. Jeff, I was asking the listener. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought it seemed like a weird question because, you know, we've been doing a Marvel podcast together for t- nine years now. No, no, I was trying to grab the attention of all the Marvel fans out there for this ad. Oh. I thought it was weird, too. You should definitely warn us. Good note, Ashley. Well, if you like Marvel movies and TV as much as we do, join us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. He did it again. Whether you're in a relationship, single, or recently heartbroken, you could be navigating some tough stuff. 
And it really can be challenging to do this on your own. We all need help when it comes to our relationships, very specifically, our love lives. I'm Jillian, and each week on my podcast, Jillian on Love, I share skills on how to strengthen our relationships, how to build a stronger sense of self, and how to heal heartbreak and choose better partners. Learn how to start making change today and search for Jillian on Love wherever you're listening now.